Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey there. Hello, hello to you. So glad you're here for this episode of The Burt Not Ernie Show, the podcast where we work at getting the promises of God into the people of God where they belong. Because if you believe what God has promised, then guess what happens? Your thinking changes and your behavior, as in like your actual way of living, that changes too. The way you look at people and circumstances and blessings and struggles, all of that also changes. Look, it's just so important to mind, like to pay attention, to be mindful of what we think, you know, not just to what we say we believe, but to pay attention to what we truly believe, what we live by, what thoughts govern our decisions, our actions, our behaviors, and of course, our responses. You know, and via this podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, we really do allow the Word of God to do the work of renewing our minds and impacting every single aspect of our lives. And I am so glad you're here today. I'm Jan Elbert, and you're listening to The Burt Not Ernie Show, part of the Spark Network, now playing in the Edify app. This is episode 97. So last week, in spite of totally losing my voice for a couple of days and really just struggling through the week to speak at a summit that I was a part of, um, speaking live when you have no voice is difficult. Um, Even in the online space with mics, it was difficult. They could not hear me. Uh, Working on the podcast, of course, which does involve a fair amount of talking, and that's hard to do when your voice just goes like, bye-bye. But, you know, I I just asked the Lord to do what only... I guess basically what only he could do and, and heal it. And um, if it couldn't be like totally better by the time I needed to record, could it just be like, not the worst, if that makes sense. And then I just did the work and released episode 96. So in that episode, we took a look at a few verses from Romans eight, because that's a series we're in right now. And we really honed in on verse 28. And that is such a well-known Bible verse. Romans eight twenty-eight is like, it's like it brings light, like a bright spotlight into the dark places in our lives. It's, it's, um, you know, and that's honestly how things can feel sometimes, you know, like a health diagnosis that can feel like a really dark place, job loss, or maybe you're of the age where your parents are older, or maybe they're no longer living. That can be a really, really dark place. I mean, grief as a whole, it's just heavy. It's just like, it can feel like darkness, like heavy darkness. And you know what I mean between darkness and heavy darkness? There's a difference. And it isn't, um, you know, there's not really a fast forward button that you can push. You can't jump ahead 15 seconds and then jump ahead a bit further and skip this part. No, no, you know, everybody grieves in their own way. That's absolutely true. And you, you go at your own pace, like it or not, you just do. It isn't always linear, this whole grief thing, is it? Like, you know, we go this way. And then we zag and we go that way. 
we move from step one in the grief process, which is kind of just more like when I've read on the grief, the steps of grief, um, they don't have to happen in order. They happen when they happen for you, you know, so you might be at step one and then boom, back you're at step five and then woo, all the way over to step two. And, you know, you just have to go through it. And I don't mean get through it. I don't mean put your head down and try to just uh, drive, drive, drive my way through it without really feeling it, experiencing it or dealing with it. I don't mean get through it. Um, I don't mean filing it away somewhere, like just getting so busy ultra busy with all of the things of life, like busy, busy, busy. It's so easy to live that way. And you can maybe think that you dealt with some grief and you may have actually just put it away. That's not healthy grief. And healthy grief is something that God wants to go through with us, not get through and not even really work through because grief is not one of those things that you can work. This isn't like, you know, keep working the issue people at your boss at work or something like this is not work exactly because I can't do anything to make it go faster or be easier. I can't work it out. I can just go through it with the Lord. So um, I don't want to ever encourage somebody to think that you have to work on things that God says, yeah, your work is not going to really get that done, if that makes sense. Like, so not getting through it, not working through it, not grief anyway. We, there, there's work in this world. Your grief is not, it's heavy. It's it's, um, it can be exhausting. It's very emotional, but I don't think it's like work, work, you know, like the Lord doesn't, if you know the Lord, you do not need to go through your grief process feeling like you're burying it all and you're carrying the entirety of it. It should not be as heavy as it is for someone who sadly does not know Jesus and doesn't have him to walk through their grief with just, uh, I guess the best way to go through it would be to be much with the Lord as you just go through it. And so Romans eight twenty eight. I actually didn't really talk about grief in last week's episode. That was kind of a rabbit trail on the side, but you can definitely apply the reality, the promise that all things will work together for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. You know, it's really important to remember that even in the, in the, Remember that on the good days. That's a verse we don't really think of often on the good days. Maybe it crosses our mind like, yes, now I'm seeing the all things working together from a long, hard season. That's awesome. Thank you, Lord. Be all about that. Be a thankful disciple of the Lord Jesus for sure. But usually this is a verse we think of in the hard times. So when you are in grief, you can apply Romans 8.28. You know, like it's something we apply in other places, you can apply it right there too. You really actually can. I mean, it's God's word is for the now. It's for the living, the living of your life. So apply it as such. Okay, all of that to say, um, today we are just after verse 28. We are in Romans 8, 29, 30, and 31. And as I before I read the verses to you, I'm going to read from the Amplified. Can I just preface it with this? You know, if I'm going to go through, if I'm going to deal with a Red Sea in my life or a Jordan River in my life, this is something vast. This is something, you know, at its at its peak, I think the Jordan River was like 100 miles wide or something. I did read this recently that it's much smaller than it is now because of irrigation, how the water has been taken away from it to um, be used to benefit the farmland that's around there for irrigation purposes. So, um, you know, it was wider when Joshua and the Israelites stood before it, much wider than it is now. So think of something big and vast that you can't just like 
wade through knee deep, okay? If I'm going to deal with the Red Sea in my life, a Jordan River, I really want to go through it holding the Lord's hand. I don't necessarily want to go around it or skip over it, fly over it. You know, I mean, a big a big sea like a Great Lake. When, if, when I have flown, left um, Chicago and flown into Akron, Ohio, it's just like up and down is how it feels flying over that the Great Lake. I mean, it's just like, wow, that didn't take long at all. Like uh, Lake Superior, boom, I'm over it, like 40 minutes or something. That's not long for a flight. Now, there were times in my life when I did want to just fly over things. Let me go around this, Lord. I'm matured enough to know that if I if my going around it means I'm a little bit farther from the Lord, like I can't reach out and grab his hand at any moment, if he wants to go through it, I want to go through it with him because I want to be with him, even if that's maybe not the way that I would really want to go in my own flesh, in my own nature. But then also, I don't have to agree with my flesh because my flesh is not going to tell me what I need to hear. My flesh is not going with me into eternity. I get a new body when there's a new heavens and a new earth, right? I mean, I get the new stuff. I get the right stuff. I get the perfected stuff. I'm not going to be fighting my flesh. You know, my my uh, spirit, my soul is going to go with me. My This body is just like a shell. It's like a casing. And it's not going to tell me what's best for me, eternally speaking. It just isn't because the flesh is concerned with the flesh, right? So if it's screaming, just go around it. Just get on the airplane and fly over this sucker. It's 40 minutes rather than, you know, six hours. Uh, no, I, I'm not going to listen to you because I want to be much with Jesus. So, you know, if Jesus is saying, like, let's cross the boat and he's at the stern, I want to be in the boat. You know, if we're going to get in the boat, this is how we're crossing this particular sea, whatever this sea might be. If he says, hey, I'm going to walk, I'm walking on a dry path on solid ground right through the middle of the sea. I'm going to cut right through it. Or if it's a Jordan, I'm going to, it's going to be like a wall on one side and all of the water is going to flow away on the other side and it's going to be dry ground. Then you know what? Then I want to walk because he's walking there. That's my route if that's his route. If Jesus is walking on top of the water, then I also want to be atop the waves because that's where my Jesus is. And I want, want, want to be with him as in much with him every single day. And if he's in the boat, even if he's asleep on a cushion, then I want to be in that same boat with him. Not a boat next to him where the the captain is awake. No, don't care about that. Quite frankly, if he's asleep in that boat, I want to be in the boat where he's asleep. And honestly, maybe I need to be resting and taking a nap with him because if he's at peace, I should be at peace. You know what I mean? So when he says cross to the other side, Jan, then that's that. Uh, Okay, let's go, Lord. How are we going to go? How are we going? How are we doing this? How are we doing this, Jesus? So we're we going to walk through. We're going to walk on top. We're going to, um, you know, if he wants to fly, mount up like wings on eagles, uh, that's fine too. If he says we're going to go around, then we're going to go around. Um, if he says we're going to go through, we're going to go through. And when he says, stay here on this shore for a while, Jan, then that's that. I'm not really going to be worried about what's over there. What's beyond there? We're going to go there at some point, right? No, no. I'm just going to be where he is. So, and this week we get to look at these three verses, verses 29, 30, and 31 from Romans chapter eight. Um, would it be all right if I read those verses to you from the Amplified Bible today and you just kind of listen as I read? Okay, here we go. For those whom he foreknew and loved and chose beforehand, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son and ultimately share in his complete sanctification so that he would be the firstborn 
the most beloved and honored among many believers. And those who he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified, declared free of the guilt of sin. And those whom he justified, he also glorified, raising them up to a heavenly dignity. What then shall we say to all these things? If God is for us, who can be successful against us? Yeah. Wow. Like, uh, ooh, baby, did you hear that? Did you hear what I just said? If God is for us, then who could be successful against us? Well, you know, let's let's take a deep dive into these verses right now. This is right on the heels of Romans 8, 28. Boom, we get these three incredible verses. Sometimes we focus so much on the main verse in the chapter that um, as a whole, like, I, I mean, I could say Romans 8, 28, and lots of people around me be like, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And they know what it means. But if I say Romans 8, 29, Romans 8.30, Romans 8.31, I might have to quote it for them. If God is for us, who can be against us? Oh, yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, that's okay. I didn't realize that was Romans 8.31. I didn't know the address, so to speak. I just know the verbiage. Look, we don't want to get so hung up on, like, this whole chapter is amazing. We do want to get hung up on Romans 8.28, but I also want to encourage you, you also get hung up on Romans 8.31 because it's just as much true for you, and it's such good stuff. I guess really what I'm saying, bottom line is, read your Bible and read it 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 because it's always so worth it. You're going to, you're going to mine gold every time. Okay. So for those who he foreknew, okay, that's, this is amazing, you know? So, so we're going to read, we're going to go through these verses bit by bit. And we're going to try to grab, my hope is to grab all of the promises that we find therein. So, um, you know, we did think about Romans eight twenty eight in depth last week. And we do know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all, not some, but all things to work together as part of his plan for good for those of us who love him and are called according to his plan and purpose. And now we move on to those he foreknew, those whom he foreknew. Hey, you know, don't, don't forget, just do not forget that he knows you and he also foreknew you. You're not surprising him. You're not shocking him. Um, you know, you're not, you're not going to uh, jolt him like, oh, oh my goodness, I didn't see that coming, Jan. No, no, he knows me now and he foreknew me. He knew what would break your heart to the point of crying out to him. You know, and I'm talking about an actual salvation experience here. Like your heart gets so broken by the astounding just like, disgusting grossness of your own filthy, rotten, stinking, maggot-infested sin that you cry out to Jesus. You cry out to the rock. You cry out to the Lamb of God. You know, God knew just when that particular breaking would happen for you. So, um, you know, it says in Matthew 21, verse 44, it says, fall on the rock and be broken, or it will fall on you with a crushing weight, kind of like with a final death blow. Um, and that's like, that's obviously not <laughs> verbatim. That is me just just referencing a verse from memory. Fall on the rock and be broken or the rock will fall on you and crush you. I mean, yeah, a broken heart leading to repentance and salvation found in Christ alone. That's a good, good thing. You and I, we were foreknown. There is a comfort in this. You didn't slide into the kingdom of God. When, you know, somebody, they weren't looking, I got to slide on in there. And 
it, honestly, if people have ever made you feel that way, like maybe you slid in and they're not sure how you got in this whole deal and, you know, how'd you get into the church? How are you? What are, why is why is he here? Why is she here? You know, if anybody has ever made you feel that way, please remember this verse, Romans eight twenty nine. It states clearly that God foreknew you. You are in his family, the family of God, because that's where he wants you. He foreknew you. You have been foreknown, really. Like, let that comfort you. And I'm so sorry if people made you feel that way. People can be just like doofuses, honestly. I mean, that's not me, like speaking I'm, I'm not slandering anybody specifically I'm just saying as a whole we can really just be like oh man I'm a doofus you know like really you were foreknown God chose you you didn't slide in or slip in he wanted you here you're in his family because he wants you in his family that word foreknew it means loved and chosen beforehand so you know what you know what devil you know what whoever might be treating me like trash Uh, You know what? Uh, So-and-so who used me to get what you wanted and then tossed me aside. Anybody listening today who has ever, ever experienced any of those things? But you can always say this straight to the devil, but you can think this in your mind in regards to those feelings that come up about maybe that person really used me. I thought they were my friend and they just ditched me. It's okay to say, no, I was foreknown. I was foreknown. Um, Again, I'm not talking about so much like pointing a finger at somebody and judging them and saying, hey, who do you think you are? This is about saying it to those thoughts that creep up. Like they treated me a certain way and it really hurt. And it kind of formed my thinking about myself. It went, my thinking about myself went in a new direction. It reformed the way I thought about myself. I saw myself differently and that bothers me. When you start thinking those thoughts, you can say, oh, but I'm going to tell you what. Hey, hey, thoughts. I'm going to renew my mind. My thinking is going to get in line with the word of God right now. And you know what, Satan? You can always say this to Satan. God, my God foreknew me. I was loved and chosen beforehand. So take that, baby. You know what? I'm loved. I'm chosen now. And I was loved and chosen beforehand. Beforehand. You cannot possibly be an afterthought when God loved and chose you beforehand. These are your promises. They're yours, and you have got to know that you know that you know these promises are your truth. Truth matters. God's promises need to be your truth. Loved and chosen beforehand. That's, that's good. That's so good. Okay, not only that, but God predestined you and me to be conformed to the image of his son. So this choosing, this predestining, this predestination, it's not just like so that you can feel awesome about yourself. It's for a purpose, to be conformed to the image of Jesus. As we walk the path of our lives, you know, as we run the race that is set before us, marked out before us, we are actually in the continual process of being sanctified. You know, being sanctified is something we hear about. We talk about it. We've Um, We all know that that's like, that's the process that's happening as we walk through this life. But, you know, it's a, but it's not always fun, this continual process. And it is a continual process. He has an end goal. You're predestined to get to this end goal. So it's going to take continual work to get us there. You're being made more and more like Jesus. We're going to ultimately share in complete sanctification. The word of God makes that very clear. Jesus said that he did not lose any which the father gave to him. And he's going to get us there right on time. And we're going to be in really good shape upon arrival. You know, there are no damaged goods sliding into heaven. No, listen, no, you're going to be in good shape when you get there. Your body may be worn out like a rag. That's okay. You're not, 
you're not keeping that body. You get a new one. You know, I mean, you don't slide in. No, listen, sanctification is your promise. And it is even now taking place. He intends for you to look like his son. And doesn't God get what he intends to get? Uh, Yeah, yeah, he does. Jesus is going to be so celebrated, so honored as the firstborn among many who are believers. And you are one of that many. And so am I. Is this just such good news? I love Romans 8. Such an amazing chapter. Predestined, chosen and loved beforehand being sanctified. Oh, you've got some good things being spoken over your life today. I hope you're hearing it and receiving it and believing it, my friend, because this is for you. You need to live like this is true for you because, spoiler alert, it is 100% true for you. And those he predestined, he also called. Okay, so I'm called. You are too called. When we know that we have been called by God, we walk with our head a little bit higher You know, there's some pep in our step, not arrogantly, but like you're not looking at your feet all the time, just ashamed that you even exist on this planet. No, 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 no. You can hold your head up and and know I've been called. There's a purpose. Even on my hardest day, I've been called. And if I'm called, I'm not abandoned. I'm not left alone. I have value because God called me. He loves me. That's what makes me valuable. His love literally changes everything and it should change the way that we think about ourselves. You know, get some pep in your step. You're called. We can never be uncalled when it was God who did the calling. He's not a man that he should lie and he doesn't change his mind. So, you know, you're not going to get uncalled one day all of a sudden. So we walk with some assurance that we're going to get to our destination, not just our final destination, not just the end game, so to speak, not just eternity with Jesus. Oh, he's going to get us there. That's not a problem. He made it very clear that no one can snatch that us out of his hand, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a done deal. You're not, you're engraved on the palms of Jesus's hand. You're not going to be snatched out of there. So you're going to get to your final destination, but also you're going to get to every other destination that God has in store for you along the way in this life. He does have destinations. There are stopping places for sure. And there are places where he's going to have us pick up the pace and get moving forward. There are There are people we will meet and we will encourage, influence, pray for. There are, um, it's just mostly it's about people. So you're going to be in certain places so you can meet certain people. You're going to, um, you know, where you live, you should always pray. Where do you want us to live, Lord? When you're thinking about moving or building a home, Lord, where do you want us to, where do you want us to go? Where can we make a difference? He has destinations along the way where you work all those kinds of things. And maybe even as simple as where you go to the gym, just ask him, what gym do you want me to join? And then if it's a, a chain, which location do you want me to go to? And you can even pray regularly. Like yeah, if you ever want me to go to a different location on one particular day, Lord, I'll go there. You know what? God does stuff when we yield to him continually like that. It's part of our continual sanctification and it's good. It's so good when we see the hand of the Lord at work in our lives. Man, it just reminds us that we're called. Mm -hmm. Yes, we need to be reminded of that, but also that um, we're not purposeless hunks of flesh floating around. God's so good that he lets us be part of his process of loving and discipling and encouraging this hurting world all around us. So um, yeah, boy, I feel like I'm really rabbit trailing today, but thank you for bearing with me. So stopping places for sure, places where he's going to have you pick up the pace and you know, all right, let's get going. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. And you know, since you know that he called you 
And you should know that because he says so right here in the eighth chapter of the book of Romans. He called you. Then you also need to know he justified you to be conformed to the image of Jesus, God's son. You can't be all filthy with sin, rolling around in it, rolling around in sin. That is not fitting for your calling. And remember, you were called. So live accordingly. You know what I mean? Like God justified you. He declared you free of the guilt of your sin. So be wary of sin infiltrating your life. You know, now we all sin. Of course we do, but don't roll around in it. Don't play patty cake with it. Avoid it. Mature. Grow up beyond those childish ways. Keep praying to be delivered more and more. Um, like on a continual basis from the grasp of sin, have the attitude of the psalmist who who said, if you will deliver me, keep me from those willful sins that I choose, and then I will be declared and acquitted of all guilt. You know, he's saying like the ones that I don't even know about, I, I, I can only really bear responsibility for the sins that I know are sin. You know, I mean, this is, sums up so much of what the law, you know, when Paul, we're reading what Paul wrote in Romans here, when Paul talks about the law, just pointed to Jesus and that you don't really even know that you did anything wrong without the law. Yeah. Okay. I I get what he's saying there. So don't be so consumed with like, Oh, did I sin? And I didn't know I sinned. No, I'm be concerned with what the psalmist said. Keep me from those willful sins. When I am willful, when I am walking in disobedience, keep me from that Lord, keep me from that Lord. And it says, then you will be, you know, at peace. You'll be acquitted. It's a beautiful promise. So don't play patty cake with sin. Just pray to keep being delivered more and more continually from its grasp because it is grasping at you, but you've got the victory in Jesus. It's promised. It's written and it's done. Basically, I'm saying don't willingly go back. You know, don't be trotting on back to the stuff God delivered you from. He has a better way for you. You have been called. That's an honor. That's a privilege. That's also a responsibility. So, you know, act like it, I guess is what I'm saying. And those he justified, he also glorified. You can live today with a level of dignity that corresponds to who you are in the kingdom of your God. And it's not your kingdom. It's not my kingdom. It's his kingdom. You and I can live today with a level of dignity that corresponds to who we are in the kingdom of our God. It's his kingdom. Dignity. It matters. Actually, it matters a lot. Think about what it means to be dignified, to live a dignified life. Sometimes that means we don't dignify a certain situation with a response, with an emotional response. We're not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. I know where my flesh wants to go. I want to, I want to just, bam, man, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to let you have it. My fist is already starting to ball up and I'm just going to swing before I know it. Um, sometimes we just say, mm, I cannot, um, I'm not going to dignify this situation with a response. I'm not going to give in to the bait that the devil is laying out here. Sometimes it means we're the quietest person in the room. Sometimes it means we're not the quietest. Sometimes we have to stand up and say, but the word of God says you might be in a Bible study. They might be talking about manifesting to the universe. You might be all right to be like, um, hey, I don't know. I'm going to stay in this Bible study. I'm out, you know, see ya. I'm where's the door? let me go like out of here. But before I go, let me tell you, hey, yeah, manifesting to the universe while you got your Bible open on your lap, y'all need to, you know, you need to rethink this thing. What in the what is going on here? Sometimes you're not going to be the quietest person in the room. A heavenly minded dignity should permeate the lives of all who've been predestined and chosen and called 
and are being sanctified and are justified because it is a mark of God's hand on our lives. You have to have the Holy Spirit leading you so you can discern what's the most dignified thing to do in this situation, in this circumstance. What's the most dignified thing to do? Like dignity that's a heavenly kind of dignity. I'm not talking about an earthly kind of dignity because... You know, David said, I will become even more undignified than this. And yet I think as far as heaven goes, he had a heavenly dignity that would be hard to master. So don't get the two confused. Don't think of dignity just in terms of go back to that verse that just that passage with David dancing and basically his underwear as he brought the ark of the Lord back where it belonged when he was the young king. Yeah. Yeah, and his wife says, you going to be this seriously undignified? You're real dignified for the king of Israel. And he said, oh, I ain't even started yet. I'll, I'll be even more undignified than this. Be willing to be so much about the kingdom of your God that being dignified lines up with his word and his standards and not societal definitions of dignity. Okay, now here we are at verse 31, our final verse for today. What then shall we say to all these things? This level of promise just really, it just warrants some kind of a response. It's like all of this in Romans 8 has been building to verse 31. What then shall we say to all of all of this? What are you going to say to all of this now? What you got? What are you going to say? What's your response? Like promises of God warrant a response. And this is huge. This entire chapter should have us just kind of like coming out of our skin with excitement, you know, like what then, what then shall we say to all these things? If God is for us, if God is for us, oh, and he is for us, who can be successful against us? Got an answer for that there question? I don't know if you do or not, you know, it's like Dory and and finding, do you, do you, do you, do you, do you you got an answer for that? Because I don't. I have no answer. I cannot think of one person on this planet who can be successful against me or against you in light of all that we have just read over the last several weeks in Romans chapter 8. It cannot happen. Not should not. Not, yeah, I hope it doesn't happen. No, no, no. Cannot. Cannot. Nobody. And I mean, not even the devil himself can be successful against us. Did you know that? Did you really, really down in your gut know that? You need to know that. And I hope that after you listen to this episode today that you will, oh, you will know that. In that big meeting tomorrow, when your teenager is in some kind of rebellion and you're just like, you're frazzled. You are, you are frazzled. When inflation is high and wages, they don't seem high enough. In all these kinds of situations, who, who is it? Who can be against you? Who can actually be a success in their fight? in those attacks, in their scheming against you, nobody, nobody, nobody at all. No, not ever, nada, nobody. Isaiah says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That's true for me. That's true for you. It doesn't say it's not going to be formed. It doesn't say no weapon will be ever formed against Jan. No, it says, no, it says, um, you know, that would be an untruth. And there's no untruth in the word of God. I'm not going to tell you that we misinterpret that, you know, no weapon formed against me will prosper. Yeah, that means there won't be any weapons forming against me. That's not what it says. That's just where our mind goes. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. It's going to form because the devil hates everybody who loves Jesus. Bottom line, he always lies and he always hates. And so he's not going to wake up one day and be like, hey, today I'm going to stop lying. I'm going to stop lying today. I'm going to stop hating. There's no more hate in my little black heart. No, that's not going to happen. 
you know, Satan just does what he does. It reminds me of the line from, this is old school now, the original Jurassic Park movie when Dr. Alan Grant, Alan says to one of the kids, that other kind, the other kind, they just do what they do. You know, he's talking about the meat eaters. So they eat meat. It's not very comforting for the little girl he's talking to who wants to be like somehow given some assurance that these meat eaters, they won't be interested in eating her because she is, you know, meat to them. Uh, You know, there was, he just told the truth. He boiled it down to an explanation that was necessary for the situation. I mean, again, it's a movie and a book, but you know, there's no sense dwelling on why meat eaters meat eat meat. You know, we're stuck on this island with these dinosaurs, this T-Rex chasing everything around. So, okay, there's not a solution to that. So surviving was their reality. Well, you know, that it reminds me kind of of that, like, I mean, the other kind just do what they do. Satan just does what he does. He do what he do. He's not going to be different than he is. He's not going to stop lying to you. He's not going to stop hating you because you love Jesus and he hates, and Jesus loves you and he hates whoever Jesus loves. It's just who he is. You know, he's going to keep forming weapons against you, but they're not going to prosper. They, it cannot be successful. That is the part I want you to hang your hat on. Don't get so hung up on like people often get discouraged because like, but why did this happen? Why did this happen? Because the weapons are going to be formed. Satan does what he does. That kind, they just, they just do what they do. You know what I mean? But you know what? We're not being chased around by a T-Rex on an island and we don't just have to hope that we can somehow survive, be one of the 50% of the people in the movie who make it off the island alive. The rest are, you know, a snack attack time. No, it's not like that. There's no sense. um, We don't want to ignore that the weapon will be formed, but we cannot forget that we're not living the way that that movie, those characters were living. They're trying to survive. Oh, you, you are not just going to like survive. I don't think so. You and I, we get to do a whole lot more than just survive this reality. Those weapons, no matter how many, no matter how varied, no matter how well thought out, no matter how intense or how sneakily they come at us, none of them will prosper, period. There's a period there. There's no comma. God's not asking you your opinion on it. He's just saying this is the truth. So let's just bend the knee to the Lord God most high and submit and say, yep, that's the truth. That's the truth. You've, you've got my, I'm believing because you said it and that settles it. You know, there's, there's nobody on this planet who is going to be a success in their attempts against you because your God is for you. He has called you. He is sanctifying you. Even right now, he's making you more and more like his dearly loved son. Oh, he's good. He's good at getting done what he wants to get done. He foreknew you and he loved you and he chose you. He called you. He justified you. He is giving you a level of dignity that is so far beyond this world. It's eternal dignity fit for his eternal kingdom. That is who is for you. That's who's for you. So nobody and nothing will be successful when they're against you. Ah, is that not good? That's so good. All right. Um, wow. I went long today. My apologies, but not really because it's such a good passage from Romans chapter eight. Um, That's going to wrap up this podcast episode about God's promises for you. And they are for you. Please don't forget that ever. Never forget God's promises to you are indeed to you. They're yours. So, um, but hey, before you jump off, hang on for one sec. If you're encouraged or blessed or both by this podcast, by the content, would you consider leaving a review? 
maybe share this episode with somebody. And if you're interested in reading my devotional, which is about God's promises, it's called The Power of God's Will, 40 Days of God's Promises. And you can find that on Amazon. And it's all about God's promises that contain the word will. So, you know, that hence the title, The Power of God's Will. When he says he will do something, you better believe he will do it. And be on the lookout for my course on Psalm 91. Praying Psalm 91 over your life, over your loved one's lives, this is a forever game changer. This isn't a short term, you know, people often want to know if I'm going to invest the money, what am I going to get out of it? Uh, Forever change forever game changer, like every believer needs to do a deep dive study on Psalm 91. Every follower of Christ needs to study Psalm 91. You'll pray better. You'll pray more effectively. You'll have more of a mind that it is, that's at peace. Who doesn't want that, especially in this day and age? Uh, yeah, those people that you're praying for, they're going to see God's hand moving in their lives in ways that they never would if you were not believing, praying, and appropriating Psalm 91, you'll do nothing but benefit by taking this course on Psalm 91. So, um, you know, that may sound like, oh boy, that's quite an outcome you're promising there. Yeah, you know what? And I can make that promise because it's founded solidly on the word of God. Yes, I'm making that promise with boldness. Uh, You will get quite an outcome. It is a forever game changer. Every believer needs to do it. So why not you? So um, I want you to step up, take the course, See things move, shift, improve, change in your world for like ever. And I mean forever. All of this life will be changed by knowing and better believing and praying Psalm 91 because it's powerful. And then all of eternity will be changed because you took the time to invest in a prayer course and a study on Psalm 91. You're changing eternity by changing your now. So it's like a win-win. All right. And I am off to Nashville for the Spark Network podcast conference. Um, I'm expecting to learn so much and I'm going to be implementing what I learn as soon as I get back next week. Super excited, but don't worry. Episode 98, it'll drop right on time next week, probably Thursday or Friday, just like usual. I hope you'll be back for that as we are going to be looking at the next few verses from Romans 8 because this is not good. Yeah, this is good. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. Always praying for all my listeners. So whoever you are, I'm praying God's blessing over you. And this week, as I drive to Nashville, which is a long drive, I'm going to be praying Psalm 91 over you. So, um, you know, yep, just dropping that Psalm 91 there again. If you haven't read it in a while or haven't read it ever, read it, read it, read it. It's so good. It's so good. And pray it. Do more than just read it. Believe it and pray it. Um, Yeah excited about that. I love Romans 8. I love Psalm 91, two great books that you cannot read too often. Appreciate y'all very much. Excited to see God opening new doors for you, like on the regular. And I know that he is. I know that he is. You've been listening to the Burt Not Ernie Show, part of the Spark Network, now playing in the Edify app. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.